Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 31, and it's session number three of Ask Scott. And uh, I've been starting to do these. Uh, this is be my third week doing it, and I'm getting a great response from it because you guys are submitting questions by voicemail and leaving comments on the blog, but I'm mostly answering the ones live here on the show that are voicemails, and I got to be honest, they're coming in rather quickly, and that's why I'm trying to do five to six uh, on a given show here or a given session, so this way here I can kind of bang them out in a batch, uh, but hey, keep them coming. If you want to ask a question, you want to answer it on the show, you can just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and over there you'll see there'll be a voice recording uh, button. And you can go ahead and record your uh, message there. And I'll go ahead and listen to it, and uh, I will uh, answer it on the show. All right, so uh, that's pretty much that. I do want to do a little bit of house cleaning before we actually get going here into these questions. Like I said, I've got about five or six questions we're going to get to. They're really good ones, too, by the way. Uh, What I did want to bring up is our Facebook group. It is going awesome. We just hit uh, over 1,200, just over 1,200 right now as I'm recording this, which is really, really cool. And the other thing I want to say that's been really cool with that is not just that the activity is great and people are helping each other and there's just a lot of content being created just from you guys helping each other, which is really, really awesome. But you guys are leaving pictures of where you're listening to the podcast. And that's really what I want to encourage you to do because I really love seeing where you guys are. Uh, some of you are in the subway. Some of you are mowing your lawn. Some of you are riding the bike and you're taking a picture of the scenery, maybe walking your dog, wherever you are. It's really, really cool. I actually had a guy who makes prosthetic legs <laughs> in, uh, in this area that he had all of these uh, legs behind him. It was kind of comical, but... Uh, it was it was kind of cool too so uh, yeah just you know keep them coming it's it's really fun and you can post them on the Facebook group and the address to uh, to go there if you haven't joined that group is uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash FB F is in Frank B is in boy and from there I'll go ahead and approve you uh, once you send in that request because it is a private group you have to be uh, approved and uh, you know, I'll go ahead and approve you as long as you uh, you have a picture and you are a legit person, all right? Uh, there's actually some people that have already brought it to my attention. There's been some people trying to enter, and then once they do, they spam the group with a little bit of a promotion or something, and then uh, instantly I'll just ban that member. So uh, if you're listening and you're planning to do that, don't do it. All right, <laughs> you will be uh, slapped on the wrist. All right, so we're gonna just try to keep that community really, really active and and really useful because that's really what I want to make it. Uh, you know, that's really what the main goal is for that uh, that group is to really carry on the conversation from here. All right. So the other thing I want to bring up real quick is something really exciting that I'm doing actually next Tuesday, which is April 14th, and I'm doing it at nine o'clock PM Eastern time, six o'clock PM Pacific time. And what I'm doing there is I'm going to have my first live workshop, okay? And I'm going to walk you through the exact steps that I used to generate over $40,000 in my first 90 days. And I'm going to also talk about what I've learned since then, what I'm doing to you know, kind of enhance that, and then also I'm going to answer questions uh, live on that particular uh, hangout that we're going to have, that webinar. And also I'm going to have a special announcement, so you're going to have to stay tuned for that. So the address to sign up for that is theamazingseller.com forward slash webinar. So again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash webinar. 
And I'm really, really looking forward to doing that. And I'm really excited because I'm going to be able to connect with you guys and actually share, you know, really how I did it, which I've already covered this a lot in this podcast, but I know a lot of you want to actually see it kind of visually. So that's what I'm going to do here. And I'm going to teach some other things that I've kind of learned along the way. So I really hope you can join me for that. Okay. And remember, I'm going to answer some live Q&A from you guys at the end of that webinar. So, you know, come on over and hang out with me. It'd be awesome. All right. So with that all being said, let's um, get ready to dive in. I do want to just read one review that came in from iTunes because that's what I always do. And I want to let you guys know how much I really love these reviews and these comments because it really motivates me to keep continue to do this. So let me just go ahead and read one of those and uh, then we can jump into the content. So this review comes in from Pittsburgh J which uh, his headline or subject line or he or she, I don't even know, it's Pittsburgh J, whatever that username means, but it says, way to pay it forward, explanation point, explanation point, explanation point, five stars, so much value in this information that each and every time I have listened to a new podcast, I'm amazed you are doing this free of charge. That said, I get it. I too wholeheartedly believe that helping others to achieve their dreams is the surest and most rewarding way to achieve success. Congrats on an incredible idea and please keep it going explanation point. Don't worry, Pittsburgh J, I'm going to I'm going to keep it going cuz I'm really having an awesome time doing it and I'm getting reviews and and comments and emails from you guys just like this that really make it worthwhile. So, thank you so much for leaving that and taking the time. If you haven't left yours yet, please do that. Go over to iTunes and uh, leave your review. That would really be awesome and hey, who knows, maybe I'll read it on the air. All right. So, with that all being said, let's dive into the questions on today's session of Ask Scott. Okay, Scott, this is take two. My name is Rotem. I'm from Israel, and I just have a quick clarifying question. It's not one of these great questions that's going to help a lot. It's just to, just to clarify something. It seems like you're focusing on number of reviews, quantity of reviews. And by the way, I'm sorry if the kids are making too much noise in the background. I did, I did close the door, but I'm not sure it's helping. So... You're focusing on quantity of reviews and not on quality of reviews. I mean, if I want to buy a product and I see 500 three-star reviews versus 50 five-star reviews, I would buy the five-star product, right? So I was just wondering why you're so focusing on quantity of reviews. You always say that the, the more reviews you have, the better you will do. And... It seems like it's kind of the other way around. The more you sell, the more reviews you have. It's just a numbers game. But the question is how good your reviews are for the conversion. Or am I am I wrong? <laughs> okay. So if you could clarify that. Uh, thank you very much for everything you do. And I will, um, um, I will gladly pay uh, for your podcast if I could. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Okay, now this is a great question and I really wanted to answer this question as quick as possible because I don't want the uh, wrong idea. And Oh, by the way, I believe it was Autumn is the name, so I apologize if uh, I'm not pronouncing that right, but hey, I think it's awesome too. You're calling from Israel. That's amazing. I just love that, that we're able to connect that far away. I mean, it's amazing. It's just mind blowing. But uh, anyway, and, and I love it that you got kids running around in the background. I mean, I can relate to that. I mean, I think we all can that have kids. So uh, very, very cool. Anyway, let's dig into uh, my 
my uh, answer to that question. Um, I don't want this to be misunderstood. When I talk about getting reviews, I'm not talking about getting reviews that are not of quality. I do agree with you that you want quality. Okay, I'm going to say that again. You want quality reviews and not just a number. Now, in the very beginning, this is where you may have misunderstood what I have said in the past, is in the beginning, you want to get reviews, okay, as soon as possible, anywhere that you possibly can. And what I mean by that, a quick example of this, and I go through this in my launch process, is basically giving, let's say, 10 or 15 or even 20 of them away to family and friends and getting those reviews on your listing as soon as possible. So this way here, you can start running pay-per-click, all right, through Amazon, okay, not through external, just through Amazon, because I like to have at least five to 10 reviews so I can start the process. And the process is pretty much this. The minute that you get some reviews, you're going to get higher conversions rates, okay? Because this way here, you are able to, you know, let people know that you're not just new, right? You've you've got some reviews. So people have purchased the product. It's social proof, all right? Now, like I've said before, those reviews might not even be a verified review. They're just going to be reviews that were left honestly from family or friends. Uh, either they purchased it with a discount code or they could have just you could have just given them a free copy and they didn't even purchase it through Amazon, but they're still able to leave a review. Now, if these reviews go away in the future, I really don't care because all that it, all that they're there for is to give me the organic reviews as I continue to get sales. So, I don't want you to think that I'm just going after the amount of uh, of reviews. Yes, I want to get as many reviews as I possibly can that are good and they're honest uh, reviews. And again, I'll take a four star or a five star. Um, I'll even take an occasional three star because what that does is it really balances it out that makes it appear as though it's organic and that it's natural. You want it to. And sometimes the three star isn't even really a bad experience with the product. It might just be them saying that it didn't work for them because they've got long arms or whatever, or whatever the product is, right? Or maybe it just didn't work for them for for any reason, but they just give it a three star. That happens, and that's okay almost to just leave that there because you want to make that look naturally. But what I really want to want you to focus on here is yes, quality, but the beginning ones, the 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 very, you know, the very few that you get in the beginning are there to really continue to get the organic reviews. And then as you build those reviews, it's going to then help, okay? The more reviews you get, the more it's going to increase your conversion rates. And I'm gonna give you an example. Right now, I have a product. It's my product number two. And that product right now has just over 30 reviews. My competitor has about 220 reviews. Well, my conversion rate is probably right around 12 or 13% right now, which is still pretty good. But I know that, He's probably, or she, whoever owns the product, is probably getting a lot higher of a conversion rate because of the reviews, okay? So that's really what I want you to focus on here is, is yes, you're looking at quality and you're looking at getting as many of those quality ones as possible, all right? So that's what I want you to take away from this. The, the reviews in the beginning are just there to get you natural reviews that are going to be honest reviews and good ones, hopefully, all right? So I hope that answered your question. Now let's answer the next question. Hi, Scott. Uh, I sure appreciate the podcast. I'm trying to catch up. I'm on episode 20. Um, So I apologize if this has already been answered in, I don't know, episode 24. But one of the products that I'm seriously considering has the potential to be dangerous if it's misused. So besides buying liability insurance, um, is there any um, catch-all 
disclaimers that I can put on my product or labels, you know, something like not a toy, don't misuse this item, something like that. Um, anyway, thanks so much. My name's Jeff. Bye-bye. Well, hey, Jeff. Thank you so much for the question. Thanks for taking the time to leave it. I really appreciate that. And it's a great question because it's something actually that I'm dealing with myself right now. And I've had people ask me, you know, Scott, what do you do for like liability insurance and and that type of stuff? And unfortunately, there's not really a quick, you know, and an exact answer to this. This is something I'm actually still working on right now. Uh, now, First off, before we even get into like liability insurance or, you know, disclaimers or any of that stuff, let me first say that number one, I'm not an attorney. I have to say that I'm not a legal advisor, any of that stuff. So, you know, you're definitely going to want to get an attorney's opinion. And I just met with an attorney myself and, and I kind of went through my LLC and I went through uh, my liability insurance that I'm looking into getting, which I don't currently have right now. Okay. And I'm looking to get it probably in the next week or so uh, because number one, Amazon does require you to have liability or business liability insurance uh, on your business once you hit the $10,000 per month for three consecutive months. I believe that is what I have read in the past, okay? But even in the beginning, you should probably look into getting some type of business liability insurance. Now, there's a couple different ones that you can get. One of them is just a business liability insurance, and that's all that Amazon really requires, but they have to be on the policy. But the one that I'm looking at getting is actually product liability insurance, which is a little bit different, and it's actually more expensive because they're they're taking on the you know responsibility of the product. And a lot of times, if it's sourced from China, that actually throws up another little thing in the mix here. All right, so I've called around... Not, not you know numerous numerous uh, agencies and a lot of them couldn't help me. What I did is I went to a broker and I found a local broker uh, you know in my area and then I asked them you know if they could look into it because what a broker does is they'll go and they'll kind of do the legwork for you. You tell them exactly what you need and what you want it to cover and then they'll go out and do the legwork. Uh, now what I found so far you know for price wise is what they're saying is it goes per you know, per hundred thousand, let's say so, or per dollar amount of revenue. So if you do a hundred thousand dollars, it's usually about one to 2% of that is what the policy is going to cost you. So, you know, on a cheap end or low end would be a thousand bucks. It would cost you. I'm finding that I'm about right now at about $150,000, uh, you know, revenue generation. Uh, and then from there, it's going to cost me anywhere is between two and $3,000. So, I don't think there's one set policy. I think they're all different. The other thing is, is it's also product specific. So if you have a product that's really dangerous, like you're talking about, that might be a totally different thing. They may not even insure you. And if they do insure you, it might be three times the cost. So I guess my advice would be, how dangerous is it? Are we talking like a knife? You know, are we talking something like that? Because if that's the case, you may want to rethink that. You may want to because that's going to be something that you're going to have to pay continually and you know as well as I do that insurance policies are going up every single year. So you might pay 3000 this year and it might go up to 4000 or 5000 next year. I've heard people paying as much as $10,000 a year for a policy depending on how much you how much how much uh, revenue that you generate and you know how dangerous the product is. So I would look into that before I would even decide on that product personally. The other thing about disclaimers, yeah, I talked to my attorney, he says, yeah, you know, right off the bat, you should do some generic, uh, you know, uh, disclaimers in there, you know, properly used, you know, could cause bodily injury, all that stuff. But I would really say 
you should do is contact an attorney and ask them about you know legal disclaimers and things of that nature. So this way here, they can guide you appropriately. Now, I spent about $200 to speak with an attorney for a half hour. Uh, you know, and I know it sounds crazy, right? But I wanted to be sure that my LLC was set up properly. So this way here, it was going to protect myself, my, my assets, right? My personal assets. And then it was going to, uh, you know, just make sure that, you know, everything was protected there, but then also, you know, ask about like a disclaimer, what I should have on my particular products because every product is going to be different and, uh, and things like that. And it's really money well spent. And when I asked him about the liability insurance, I, I thought $3,000 a year was kind of expensive for doing $150,000 in sales because if I do more, which I'm going to do, I'll probably, you know, double that or even maybe triple it this year. That could be, I could be paying close to five, $6,000, but he said, look it, it's money well spent. And that liability insurance, uh, product liability insurance will help protect you if something falls through, especially with the LLC. And there's a hole there that uh, they'll go ahead and actually, a lot of the policies, you want to ask about this, a lot of the policies will hire their own attorney uh, to fight it. So this way here, they don't have to pay out. And that's usually part of the policy. But again, contact an insurance agency or a broker to look into this. Tell them exactly what you want to do. I've heard some people saying, well, just tell them some things that will allow them to write a policy for you. But then what happens is, you know, if something happens, you know, you might not be covered. So I wanted to tell them exactly what I was selling, exactly what was happening. And I wanted to make sure that all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. So I hope this has helped you. And uh, I know it's not an easy thing, but it's going to require some legwork. Or I would just, again, reconsider that product probably and look at something that wasn't you know, so dangerous. All right. So, uh, let's move on to the next question. Hi, Scott. This is Jim. Great show. Um, in one of the podcasts, I heard you mention something about a super URL that you could, um, direct customers to from your website and that it would, um, make it seem like it used keywords. Can you explain how to do that? Maybe it's in one of the other podcasts, but I missed it. Thanks. Hey, Jim, great question. And uh, yeah, this is something that, uh, you know, we think is working now. Actually, I probably would say it is working right now, but we don't know if this is going to work in the future. Amazon's pretty smart. They're pretty, uh, you know, they're pretty savvy and they'll probably have an algorithm that'll figure this out eventually. So it's a little bit of a loophole. Um, and yeah, you can use it temporarily. Uh, there's another way that you could do this without needing a super URL that could definitely rank you for keywords. Cause that's really what you're trying to do is rank for keywords. And what you're trying to do is act as though someone searched for your particular keyword and then, uh, show Amazon that, Someone came to your listing by searching that keyword and then they buy through that keyword. When, when people buy through that keyword, even if they did it themselves, it's going to signal Amazon and start to build kind of like a track record of what people have bought through certain keywords. And then it's going to rank you higher because Amazon's going to say, Hey, we better rank this person because Every time someone searches for garlic press and they buy a garlic press from of that person's listing, we should really put that listing in front of those people. So that's really what they want to do. But the super URL thing or the keyword URL, uh, basically the way that you can do it, the easiest way to do it is to type your keyword into the uh, search field in Amazon. And then, you know, click enter and then search for your product. And, you know, let's say that it's, you know, even 10 pages deep. 
you know, just keep going until you find it. Once you find it, you can go ahead and click on your listing and then up in the top website address, the URL, you'll see it will say, you know, all of this code in there, but then it'll also say keyword equals and then it'll say your keyword like garlic press. You'll copy that entire string and then you can use that to direct people to your listing because that'll send them right to your listing, but it'll look as though they typed in that keyword. The other thing you can do is use a shortener, you know, use like Bitly or even Google uh, shortener where you, you type in that long string and then it'll shorten it. And then when people click on that link, it'll actually populate uh, the field with the long string. So people don't have to see this ugly string of of uh, you know stuff, but if it, if it's a if it's a link on your website or something like that, well then you can hyperlink it anyway and just use the long link underneath the the anchor text or the the link itself. So I hope that's answered your question. That's kind of the easy way of doing it. Um, there is some tools out there that do it. I'm not sure I'm a fan of them, uh, so I don't really want to recommend them. But uh, yeah, you can just go ahead and do it that way, and it, it'll work. J- just the same. Uh, but like I said, that's probably something that's not going to be as, you know, effective moving forward. I mean, right now it is, but I wouldn't bet my life savings on it. Okay. So, uh, you know, I would just, you know, use it, you know, if you want to, and it, it, probably will get you some results. Now, the way that will work, and I, I think that will continue to work, because this is basically what Amazon wants, if you run pay-per-click, okay, Amazon pay-per-click, and let's say that you're advertising or you're saying that you want to show up when people search for garlic press, it, that's going to be the same exact thing as if you did a string or a you know a keyword string in your URL where people were searching for it, because now what it's telling people or telling Amazon is that, People search for garlic press, they found you on the sponsored ad side, they clicked on it, and now they bought. So Amazon's going to automatically say, hey, we better start ranking this listing organically without paying too, so this way here they can show up for that particular keyword. That's why I really don't even mind breaking even with my pay-per-click, because I know that if, if I you know, grab a sale from that advertising that I've done, I know it's going to help me rank Uh, organically inside of Amazon. And then that will turn into more sales because I'm going to be in front of a lot more eyeballs. And, you know, a lot of people don't click on the ads. They only click on the organic search. So that's what I would recommend really doing that because you're going to get, you're going to get, you know, two benefits out of it. You're going to get sales, okay, from running the pay-per-click. And then you're also going to start ranking for these keywords and a wide range of keywords. If you're doing what I've talked about in the past, which is, you know, how to use this pay-per-click thing inside of Amazon. And if you miss that, you're going to want to head over to the amazingseller.com forward slash PPC. And uh, you'll find that post that I did on that. All right. So with that all being said, I know it was kind of a long-winded answer, but I really wanted to dig into that. Let's answer the next question. Hey, Scott. Uh, thank you for doing these podcasts. I find a lot of value in them. My name is Massimo and uh, I had a question. Um, I've had some dealings with China in the past and the basic question is about pricing. You've mentioned everything, but if you do negotiate pricing, um, they typically um, are very keen uh, sellers. They're astute business people. They change their pricing levels. And I've also found out that if you negotiate very hard, that you're going to get a different product. They will not say no to you. So um, you've addressed almost everything except this one thing. Um, How do you deal with it? How do you ask for uh, their best pricing? At what point you decide that was the best pricing 
that you have received and are content with it. And thank you very much. Hey, Massimo, thank you so much for the question. It's a good question, uh, and I want to answer it for you right now. I haven't personally ran into this, but this is one reason why I definitely like receiving my product rather than going directly to FBA. And I know people out there think, you know, think that I'm you know, a little crazy for doing that. And I may change, you know, after I've kind of established this relationship, which I've already kind of done, but definitely in the beginning, that's why I say to always have the, uh, you know, your, your units shipped to you personally, and then you ship them because this way here you can intercept that before that would happen. And if you use escrow, like I definitely recommend in the beginning, if you're not happy with it, you don't release the funds. So you really kind of have them there. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, they're probably not going to ever tell you no, but I've had them tell me no. I got to be honest with you. Uh, I've I've asked for lower prices than saying, sorry, that's all we can do. I've even had it where they say, we can't do only 500 units. It's got to be 1,000 units, you know. So those are the ones I think that you want to kind of find that balance because I want them to almost say no to a, cent if I, to a sense if I drive the price down and they say, sorry, the best we can do is $4.20. That's it. You know, but if you're finding them that say, they give you the yes, yes, yes all the time, that may be a sign that they're just going to basically do whatever you want and they're going to start cheapening the product and giving you less for what you're paying for. So you really want to be careful with that. And that's another part of the screening process, really. And it's finding a good agent and finding a good supplier. So this is something that, again, that does take time. It takes building that relationship and uh, and getting samples. I know so many people are you know hung up with spending money on samples. Spend the money on samples. Find out what they're going to send you. You know, and you may even want to get another round of samples once that they say yes and they agree and have them send another one and then compare it to the first one that you got. You know, it really depends on how cautious you want to be. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely uh, just ask the questions and just look at those signs that say like maybe this person's just telling me yes and they just want to get my money. Um, so you just want to be careful with that. But that's what I would recommend. Uh, and again, like I said, I haven't faced this. I've found a really good, you know, couple of suppliers and, you know, agents. So, so far, so good for me. And uh, again, I'm at the point now where I would probably trust them to, to directly ship to FBA, but I'm still, I don't know, just because I'm a little more of a cautious person, uh, I'm still holding off on that because I'm only paying about 15 to 18 cents to ship each unit up to Amazon with Amazon's, you know, ridiculously cheap UPS fees. So uh, it doesn't really bother me. It's just another, I guess, another line of, of insurance that's going to make me feel a little bit more protected as far as that I'm getting good quality, especially when I'm shipping 2,000 units. I don't want to get them there and then all of a sudden find out I got to ship them all back. Um, that would be a headache. Um, so I hope this has answered your question. Let's go ahead and answer the next question. Hey, Scott, how are you? This is Mike Zagari from New York, and I am absolutely loving your podcast. You bring so much value, and I'm implementing all the steps that you put, especially with the reviews. My question for you today is all about shipping the product from China. Now, you say it takes about 30 days uh, from sourcing to getting your product to Amazon, and I'm finding that it's taking me more like 60 days. In fact, I looked up the shipping, and it cost me about $2,000 to have the item shipped, and it took 42 days to ship and about two weeks to get the item made in China. So my question to you is, What's the best way to get the product shipped to China in the least amount of time and the least expensive way? Thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate you. Bye now. Whoa, let me just say something here, Mike. 
I love the excitement. Man, you are, you've got me pumped up. That was awesome. And I want everyone here to give, a, uh, give Mike a round of applause. Can you hear that? I'm clapping. All of us, let's clap. <laughs> no, keep your hands on the wheel if you're driving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mike, man, that was a great, uh, great question too, by the way. And I want to answer it here for you. Uh, you know, it sounds to me that you're doing boat shipping. Uh, and, you know, if you've listened to the past episodes, you know that I'm not a fan of that. Uh, just because of the fact that, you know, it can take a very long time and there's more logistics, uh, there's more customs clearings, uh, you need a freight forwarder usually. Uh, so I stay away from that. You know, right now I can't say that I've had to wait, you know, 45 or 50 days to get a shipment right now. My general turnaround time from the time that they produce the product and I put my order in to the time I receive, it's about 25 to 30 days max. Um, sometimes even sooner. So, you know, your lead time is like two weeks to get the product produced. Mine's more like three weeks. Uh, but once your product is created, it's taking them, you know, you're saying like 30 to 40 days to get to you. That's a really long time. Um, now, I don't know if your product is oversized and you have to go by boat. That may be the case. And if it is, then you kind of have to deal with it. There's not much you're going to do because air shipping, shipping isn't going to make sense. But that's why, again, when I go back to the product uh, research stage, I don't look at oversized products because I don't want to deal with that. Um, who knows? Maybe in the future I will, but right now I don't want to deal with that. It's just another headache that I don't want to have to deal with. So I don't really know if I gave you 100% of an answer you know, other than I wouldn't go by boat. Uh, if Even if I spent a dollar or two more per unit, I would probably still go air because I want to get it quicker and I would just build that into my price. And if I couldn't, then I wouldn't do that product or I would try to reduce the cost somewhere else. Uh, so I hope that's answered your question. Once again, I want to say awesome excitement, awesome energy, man. You got me pumped. So, uh, hey, you got me so excited. I'm going to answer another question. What do you say? Let's answer another question. Hey, Scott. Um, my name is Mark, and uh, I'm just starting uh, my FBA business, and I've been following all your footsteps. Uh, great work. And um, I just have a question for you. So I'm tracking a few products, and uh, the numbers are not making too much sense to me. So one product two days ago had a BSR of 2,900 and a stock of 123. The next day, uh, uh, a BSR of 2,100 and a stock of 102. And today is a BSR of 2400 with a stock of 173. So I'm not, the stock number goes up, but the BSR goes up. And I'm not sure if he's making sales or what's going on. Another one that also doesn't make sense is it goes from 193 to 188 to 59 in stock. And the BSR goes from 13,000 to 11,000 back to up to 14,000. So the numbers are not adding up for me. And I'm not sure why that would be. Um, the reason if they're making sales, shouldn't the BSR go up? Uh, and again, these two examples I gave you are from the same main category. And um, I hope you can help me with this. Um, I'm not sure if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm not tracking it the way I should. Uh, but I'm getting a lot of these. Okay, thank you very much and keep up the good work. Hey, Mark, great question as well. And I'm going to answer it for you. I think you may be looking at the sales numbers a little bit too literally. Uh, and what I mean by that is you're focusing on the sales and then you're kind of like trying to look at the BSR. I honestly don't really look at the sales 
that uh, that they're generating from any type of third-party software or the way that you're doing it, which I've mentioned in the past, which is basically, and if you're tuning in for the first time, I'll kind of run through this real quickly for you, but basically what Mark is doing is he's going to his competitor, he's going to the shopping cart, he's entering 999 into the add to cart amount, and then if they have less than 1,000 units, it will say there's only 362 units left or available. And then what you'll do is document the time of day that you've that you've uh, you've done this and then you'll come back the next day in 24 hours and do the exact same thing. You'll add in the 999, you'll go ahead and see how many are left at this point and then you'll just subtract the number. And I've done this in the past and yeah, if if they're if they're selling a product and they're not doing anything like, you know, holding their inventory or doing any types of promotions, then yeah, it can give you an idea, but here's the thing. A lot of people out there, a lot of sellers are doing, uh, and especially in competitive markets, that's why I try to lean away from them, is because a lot of them, what they're doing now is they're holding their inventory, okay, to make it look as though they're running out of inventory, so then it puts up only 10 left or something, and then the very next day, they'll go ahead and release another 50 units, let's say, out of their inventory, because you can hold your inventory you know, in the back end of Seller Central, uh, and that's becoming something that is, is to me, kind of gray hat. Almost, well, it's actually black hat, really, I think, because you're tricking people. You're trying to trick people to think that you don't have as much as you really do. And the other thing that's happening now is you, you that's you know kind of spying on your this this competitor, you're looking at those numbers and saying, How can this be? Their BSR was 2000 today, and then you know, tomorrow it's 1500, but it shows that they didn't sell any, they actually got 50 more units back in stock. How did this happen? You know, they, they lost inventory, or did they have a bunch of refunds, or you know, what happened? You know, so to me personally, I wouldn't look at that. I wouldn't look at the sales numbers, you know, the sales that you you kind of are estimating. I would look more at the BSR. And the BSR is going to really tell you because if you go one day and it's 2,000 and the next day it's 2,400, then you know that maybe the sales weren't there as much the, the day before or the, the day after. But then maybe the very next day it goes maybe to 1,700 when well, now you, you've seen that they had a really good day. So what you probably want to do is track that for a week Okay, and take all of the BSRs for an entire week and then just divide it by seven and that'll kind of give you your average BSR for the week. The other thing it's going to do is it's going to kind of give you the the overview of if they're running any type of promotions because you may see that one day they're at 2000 or 3000 BSR and then the next day they're you know gosh maybe 50 or maybe even 25 and you're like wow they're selling a ton but what you didn't know is that they just did a blast or something and now that they spiked their sales you know basically gave away units at cost or whatever and now all of a sudden their BSR is you know, is kind of inflated, is, you know, actually not correct because it wasn't, you know, organic sales. It wasn't legitimate sales. It was promotion sales. And then that could trick you. So you really want to look at that stuff. The other thing is you can always go to camelcamelcamel.com and type the ASN in there or copy the A, the, the ASIN, the ASN, the ASIN in there. And, uh, and then from there, that will give you the history of the price and the history of the sales rank. So this way here, you can kind of do that you know, from a history standpoint and see exactly how it's done. If you see like these spikes in sales, uh, and then if you also see like their BSR jumping around, you know that they're probably doing some type of promotion. Uh, so 
that's my best answer for you. I wouldn't track that, and I don't think you're doing anything wrong other than comparing the sales to the BSR. I think you should really just look at the BSR and kind of get a feel of that. And I don't know what category you're in, but if it's ranking at 2,000, they're probably selling a good number. Uh, and I can't give you an exact number, but I know, you know, for me personally, in the category that I'm in, you know, probably selling, I'm going to guess between 20 and 30 per day, uh, something around there. Uh, depending on again the sales volume, that's you know th- when time of year that has a factor in it. But a two thousand BSR is a pretty good BSR and a steady sales. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're someone that wants to get a hundred sales a day, it's probably not going to be a great BSR for you. Uh, but you know, me personally, I'm looking at twenty sales per day is what I want every product that I roll out to at least do. And a two thousand BSR will get you there in, in my book, um, at least in most categories. So that's pretty much going to wrap it up of this episode of Ask Scott, session number three. And again, I'll be doing these every Friday, so you can go ahead and look forward to that. And if you haven't left a question yet, go ahead and leave it for me. I'll uh, I'll try to answer it in a future podcast episode, and you can do that by visiting theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And, and again, you know, I'm going to do my best to answer these. They are, you know, kind of getting, you know, a little bit piled up, but I'm again, by me doing these once a week, I think we're going to be able to, you know, get a, get a handle on them, but the show is definitely growing. And that's all because of you guys leaving, uh, you know, great reviews and comments and just spreading the word for me. So thank you for that. Uh, before we do uh, close the show, I wanted to bring up two things. Again, is the Facebook group. If you haven't joined that yet and you want to be a part of that, which I think you should, it's an awesome community already, over 1,200 uh, people in it already, uh, which is great. The interaction is awesome. You can uh, go ahead and request to be accepted there at theamazingseller.com forward slash FB, F is in Frank, B is in boy, and usually take about three to four hours before I, I can actually get to uh, to approving them. The other thing is, is this uh, workshop that I'm going to be doing here in the next, uh, well, actually next Tuesday. Now, if you're listening to this and, you know, this date has passed, the web address that I'm going to give you will still be live, and either I'll have a link there that will give you a future webinar that I'm going to do, or it'll go to a recording. So uh, if you want to be on it live, you're definitely going to want to be on this for um, this Tuesday, April 14th. And again, it's 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. And what I'm going to be doing here, again, is covering exactly what I did to generate $40,000 in my first 90 days. And what's really crazy about this story is I actually generated 30, almost $35,000 this past month in March. So you can see that it's just progressively gotten a lot better and bigger. And as this thing starts to build momentum, it really does increase. And I'm going to share with you everything that I've done and what I'm doing. And also, I'm going to be answering some live Q&A at the end of the show. And I have a special announcement that I'm going to share with you during the workshop. So I'm really, really excited about that. So if you want to join me on this live hangout slash workshop, you just need to head over to the amazingseller.com forward slash webinar. Again, it is the amazingseller.com forward slash webinar. And the date, again, is next Tuesday. That is April 14th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time or 6 p.m. Pacific time. And again, I'm going to show up a little bit early earlier. So this way here, I can kind of like greet you guys and say hello. And, you know, we can kind of, you know, chit chat a little bit before we get started. But then we're going to dive into the content right at nine o'clock. So uh, really, really uh, looking forward to, to doing this for you. So uh, that's it. That's going to pretty much wrap up this episode or this session of uh, Ask Scott. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I look forward to seeing you on the Hangout. But I also look forward to seeing you over in the Facebook group. So just remember, get out there, do something 
action really does make things happen. All right, we can learn all this stuff, but we got to actually put it into play. And I know that you can do it because I'm just a regular person just like you, and I'm doing it, so there's no reason why you can't either. All right, and just remember, I'm rooting for you. I am here for you, and I do believe in you. So get out there and do something. All right, I'll talk to you in the next episode. Take care.